Next up on Visual Wow. The name of your show, Visual Wow, is one of the reasons I got into photography and love photography because I want to be the guy that can go out and take a photo that makes somebody else go, wow, that's beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your host, Jack Hartsman. Welcome back, Visual Community. I'm your host, Jack Hartsman. Thanks for tuning in. We uh, welcome back Shawnee Cameras to the uh, to the podcast and Alex Borquin. Los Angeles, both of them. We went to the left coast for today's broadcast. And gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, Jack. Thank you. Honored to be here. Alex, uh, you have been invited to the show by my recently appointed assistant producer, associate producer, uh, Shawnee Cameras, who's been on the program before uh, in several capacities, I might add. And uh, and he speaks very highly of you. It sounds to me like uh, he is in one form or another your mentor in your photographic journey. Tell me what that relationship has been like and how do you guys know each other for our listening audience? Um, I met Sean about two or three years ago and we immediately traded stories and Sean told me about, you know, what he, what he does for a career. And I remember him telling me stories about filming like ultra music festival and a couple, a couple other big events. And that's where my interest in photography started to grow. And about a year, two year and a half ago, I reached out to Sean and told him I wanted to get a camera. And from there I, uh, I bought an older camera off of Sean and, that's where my passion into photography all began. It's all thanks to Sean, Sean and cameras. Well, what a lot of, uh, of our, of our guests here on the visual podcast are very aware of and have come to the podcast for, or because of is relationships. And, uh, my relationship with Sean goes back, uh, I don't know, eight or nine years at this point. And he really spoke very highly of you, Sean, what, uh, what glimmer of light did you see in this young, uh, diamond in the rough here that is joining us uh, on the podcast? Well, yeah, like Alex said, three years ago, we met in Orange County. We were both living down there and had several acquaintances, um, that knew each other. And that's pretty much, uh, how we met. And yeah, like, just like he said, I started telling him about some of the stuff that I did and he became like instantly enamored and, and totally fed my ego. 100%. I was like, wow, we, there's something that, but we all need that. We all need to have our ego fed yeah. once in a while. And I was like living pretty low, like in my confidence and all that, but Alex, you know, so he helped me out. He brought me up. He was really interested and in asked good questions about, you know, what it is I do and why, you know, we were there or what was going on. And, um, and it was, it was just really cool. So we didn't like lose touch, but we, uh, we drifted in different ways. Alex made his way up to like the Palisades, which is a very like, you know, nice area outside of, uh, uh, Santa Monica. I ended up in Santa Monica and then we reconnected, uh, about two years ago, uh, when we both kind of like landed up there, kind of kept up a dialogue, uh, every other month and just kind of check in, see what's going on. And then, yeah, one day he reached out to me about wanting to do uh, photography. And I thought, what a great way not only as a young man in, in such a vast city that what a great way to understand a new city or a city like Los Angeles, which is so iconic with landmarks and vistas and weather. Well, not now, but you know, generally with you know, golden hour and mountains and, and skylines, what a great way to explore it and to center and meditate. And now you can do it socially distance and really, really just do something different than, 
I don't know what, what X, Y, or Z, you know, person. No, but, 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 you know, I grew up on the West coast and I came right. eat, and you guys both grew up on the East coast and went West. So Alex, I think you mentioned to me that you're from um, Hartford, Connecticut. Connecticut. And uh, Sean, you're a DC native as I, where I live now. And, you know, I dream for uh, that golden hour. I, I grew up in San Francisco and boy, once you've seen the sunset over the Golden Gate, there's no other sunset to be seen. So, yeah. Alex I just did some really nice stuff actually up in San Francisco a couple months ago. Wasn't yeah. that sunny, but you got some really great dramatic, uh, I think the fog rolling in, I think you got, bud. I happened to go right when the forest fires began. So it was pretty scary looking up there, but, but yeah made for some interesting shots. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't believe in, in, uh, in global warming or climate change, I grew up in the Bay area in the late sixties and seventies and we didn't have forest fires. They didn't have things that burnt all over the whole Northeast quarter of our country. Uh, these things have all happened in the last 40 or 50 years. And it's just really ridiculous that nobody's picking up on the fact that something bigger than a match might be starting these fires. I digress. Anyway, Alex, the reason we've asked you on the show, besides the fact that Sean really likes you, is because you are not an established photographer with a big fancy studio and lots of overhead. You're a, a young apprentice, a, a young entrepreneurial photographer trying to cut his teeth and make his mark in the world artistically and I hope professionally so you can make a living at doing what, what Sean and I have had a passion for our whole lives. And, and I think the listening audience would like to hear the perspective. Look, you got some great work online. I, I have seen your work. It is not a poor product there. You've got some great stuff. I see that you have a tremendous passion for landscape and uh, you like drone photography, which I'm really envious about because I'm not a drone guy, but I really want to be when I grow up. So tell us what your journey has been like. So you got a camera from Sean a couple of years ago and... It opened up this world for you. How did you learn shutter speed and f-stop? Did it just come to you? How did you get on top of all that stuff? Well, picking up a camera about a year and a half ago, I started on a, a Canon 7D, which is an older camera. I think it came out in 2009. And the best way, in my opinion, to learn how to use a camera is trial and error and through experience. And the name of your show, Visual Wow, is one of the reasons I got into photography and love photography, because going online or seeing in a magazine a, a photo that literally makes me go, wow. And for me, I, I really enjoy landscape photography and cityscapes and street photography and stuff like that. That really makes me go, wow. And, and I want to be the guy that can go out and take a photo that makes somebody else go, wow, that's, that's beautiful. But um. This past year, year and a half of learning photography and how to use a camera has been a lot of trial and error and going out, taking a ton of what I think are really horrible photos, coming home being like, wow, that did not come out how I wanted it to come out. And going back out, finding another cool spot I could explore, take some photos of and just learning by making adjustments on the camera and just seeing how photos come out. That's the best advice I could give someone is just trial and error and just keep trying. And when you come home and you look at your photos, just ask yourself what went wrong or what went right. And that that's really been my journey. I, I love what you're saying. Are you self-funding this project? Are you selling any of your work? Uh, is it still a hobby for you? What, what's the end game? Because I'm looking at your work on Instagram uh, and, and I got to tell you, um, 
Alex up 86, by the way, for anybody who wants to follow Alex uh, on Instagram. The guy's got 2,000 more followers than I do, which either means, well, it means that he's way, way better looking than I am is what it really means. But um, I, I got to tell you, Alex, your work, if you told me that you're somebody who's not even 30 years old, I would never take that bet because you have an incredible eye for composition. You've got a solid grasp of how the camera works. I know the 7D very well. Um, my son used to have that camera and, um, I, I gotta tell you, your work is stellar and your work with drones is, is even more impressive. So whatever your secret is, kid, keep doing it because you, you clearly know what you're doing. I want to say something about that and that I can't teach Alex. Like he found that on his own and it really goes back to our podcast, Jack with David, where we talked about, I think, I think I said it or whatever, but it was like, you know, learn the basics, learn framing, learn composition, learn patience, learn setting, like the, the, the scene, the mise-en-scene in front of you. Then learn, like you said, learn the shutter speed, learn the F-stops later. Know them, but, you know, but having those basic one-on-ones, like framing, composition, subject matter, interesting settings, whatever, you know, I can't tell Alex where to go. Like, he did that all himself. And then once in a while, he would call back and be like, oh, how do I make that pop a little bit more? Oh, well, did you try, you know, bracketing or did you try blending these images? No, I didn't try that. Maybe I'll try. Boom. Two days later, gorgeous fucking image comes out of like Dodger Stadium. And I'm like, wow, dude, look at those colors pop. That's incredible. How'd you do that? Oh, I bracketed. Good job, dude. But, you, you know, know, so I, it goes back to just the one on one that you were saying, Jack, that trial and error, what he said, and then just finding like the basics of photography to gravitate to and start to understand those. And then the other stuff should come naturally later, like F-stop shutter speed ISO. No, absolutely. And and honestly, um, Alex, I don't mean to, to blow this much smoke up your ass or anything, but I, I got to tell you something. A, a young man with your level of experience should not have the grasp to capture, not just capture, but have the way with all to be able to present what you're presenting here on Instagram. Um, it, it's really very impressive. And are, are, again, I asked you this before, I, I might've cut you off. I apologize if I did. What is your end game here? Are you, um, are you, are you showing your work anywhere? Are you selling your work anywhere? What, what's the deal on that? Uh, first of all, thank you very much for the kind compliments from both of you. Like, it means a lot. It really does. As for selling my work or the end game, this has probably been my biggest struggle with photography. About four or five months ago, people started asking me, like, do you sell prints? Do you shoot portraits for people, etc. And photography really has strictly been a hobby of mine. And as soon as I'm presented with making money off of it and trying to please people. It, it It's brought in a new kind of pressure. And I love, like this evening, I love going out. I'm going to go out this evening and try to shoot the harvest moon. Like that, I love doing that. But then when I have people trying to pay me, it it feels as if it's changing from a hobby into, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I, I feel pressure. And I, I would love to make money doing what I love, which is photography. It's just an avenue I haven't gone down yet. Well, uh, I'm going to pause you for just a moment and I'm going to reach out to our community, our listening audience, because there's several professional photographers that are listening to this podcast. And I'm just going to say to all of them, hey, people, remember when we wore Alex? 
remember when we were just talented photographers and we didn't know what the next step was. Sean, are you chiming in to say, I want to add to that? Go for it. I do. And Alex, you bring up a really, really great point. And I'm going to say three real quick. One, when I was your, a little bit younger, I, I got started when I was like 15 in high school. No end game. I was just shooting things that I loved that I wasn't good enough to do. Skateboarding, like I could not skateboard very well, but I loved it. And graffiti, I am a toy, but I, I love it. So I want to be around it. And I want to be around culture and streets and whatever. So I didn't have an end game either. And secondly, I think you're going to win because you don't have an end game and this is going to come to you because this is what seems to happen. You know, you're just like kind of waltzing through life and then you're going to get opportunities. So keep your eyes open, look peripherally, and but also stay tunnel, you know, vision on what you're doing. You'll be fine. But the most important fact and point that you brought up is when money enters the picture. And for me, that is a huge, 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 huge struggle. I do feel that pressure. I still get nervous every single time I pick up the camera and go out and shoot, whether it be portraits or for Jack, like even though I've worked with Jack dozens of times and those Zoom weddings we did, Jack, a few weeks ago, like, fuck yeah, I'm nervous. Pardon my French, but yeah, I'm nervous. Like, you know, you, cause you put me at such a high bar and I'm getting paid for it. And it's a one and done. It's a wedding. It's a one and done. Just like Yannick said the other day on the podcast, you know, you can't replicate that. I mean, you could try but you can't replicate that. Okay, that's worth remembering. And the last thing I'm going to say too is I lost my love of photography. Like what you're discovering right now, Alex, which is why I think I love you and, and I would love working with you about this is because, and one of the main things I did when I came out to California is I lost that. And I would only leave the house with my camera if I was getting paid. And I lost that love of photography. And that's why I got back into film. That's why I got back into disposables. And I started hiking and I started going out and I started shooting more for fun with zero expectations. That I think is the key just to rediscover that stop the immediacy of digital where you can take a thousand photos and scroll through it, have the patience and the wherewithal to know you have the limitation of 24 or 35, or in my case, when I shoot 120, 16, you know, images to get it right. And it's $35 or whatever to get it developed and transferred. You got to make sure you're it's worth it. So I just really want to just drive that home. And I need to practice better myself, but just shut up, go out, shoot, have no expectations. And the hardest thing, enjoy the process. Okay. So, so now that we've turned this into like a mutual therapy session, and I think that's great. I want to make sure that the listening audience doesn't think we just found some kids sitting on the side of the street with a, with a camera in his hand. Um, Alex, before COVID hit, what was your job? Because I want people to know that you are a fine, upstanding citizen. You're not just a bum kid holding a camera. What were you doing before or, or what, you, what are you doing as your regular day job when you're not doing photography? I work at a treatment center and I go to college. Okay. So what I'm trying to get at by that is to the listening audience, this is a young guy who's coming up, who's found a passion for photography. And I'm going to throw out a little bit of an olive branch to you and I'm going to tell you that I will be happy to teach you how to turn your hobby, your passion, your probable therapy that you use your camera for, I will help you find the pathway to wrapping your head around your net value. And to that, I would say to you, Sean, what's the difference between this young man who hasn't run into all the walls yet Someone like you who is still challenged by finding his worth in, in dollars and cents as a professional artist in the, in the media field 
And a guy like me who runs a seven figure photography business, what's the difference between us? Cause at face value, we're three guys that love to take pictures. What's the difference? Alex is teachable. <laughs> so are you, Sean. I'm, I know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, well, first and foremost, I mean, just to make it personal, I always wanted a little brother, man. I always want a little brother. I don't think of Alex like my little brother, but he fits the demographic where I've always wanted like someone to like kind of hang out with. That was, you know, some patty coat. My brother and I, he's older and just a very, very different human being. I love him to death, but I always wanted kind of somebody younger than me that was close to me that was into the same stuff I was into. And, um, that's what I see about Alex. And the fact of the matter is he, he's willing to learn. He's super humble. If you couldn't tell, he's really nice. And, um, and he just really wants to learn. And I know a lot about a little and a little about a lot. And I want to be able to pass that on. And that's, you know, Jack, that's what you did for me. And that's, it's each one teach one, you know, and you can go to YouTube. I'm a firm believer in paying it forward. And And paying it forward. Right. And I I think, yeah, I think that's very important. And and I think, you know, my generation, his generation, you know, there's the, the loudest conversations are the most selfish I feel. And I think, you know, I can't change the world globally, I don't think. But if I can change it locally, like with Alex or with another person or with another person, like then that to me makes the world of difference. And I just want to see, I want to see my friends win. I want to see you win, Jack. I want to see Alex win. And well, I want to be guess- validated by my knowledge and my experience as well. So it's soothing my ego too a little bit. I'm not going to front. <laughs> so... Sean, it, it goes without saying that Monica and I truly enjoyed having you back on the East Coast for a couple of months when you were back visiting mom and, and the jobs we got to do together. And when I mentioned to her the brief conversation you and I had about, um, you know, kind of uh, associate producing some shows on the West Coast for Visual Wow and finding us some unique talent like Alex, uh, she asked me why I thought that was a neat thing and why, you know, what, what are we all going to get out of it? And one of the things that I, that I said to her was, I think Sean would really grow from listening to the different photographers that we're bringing on the show. And I think it could really help plant his feet a little bit better in the whole, um, how to make your hobby something that can pay your bills. And, um, my mentor taught me a long time ago and Alex, I'm going to throw this one up at you. I already know the answer, but I'm going to give you something to think about for the next, uh, I don't know, 10 or 20 years. And that question I would have for you is, well, what are you in the game for? Why are you doing photography? Are you in it for blue ribbons or are you in it for green ribbons? I think he knows the difference. That's a tough question. I think when you say blue ribbons, you mean the love of it and green ribbons as in money. Well, if you put if you put a little bit more colorful adjectives to it, yeah, blue ribbons are the things that we win contests with, and we hang a blue ribbon on the picture and go, ooh, ooh, ooh look at me, look at me. And green ribbons are the things that we do that generate revenue that help us pay our bills. And if we do a good enough job working on the green ribbons, blue ribbons will certainly come. If you focus all your attention on the blue ribbons, I promise you the green ribbons will be few and far between. So I tell you to do a benchmark check with yourself um, as you go through school, as you continue helping other people, and you're clearly a good guy who's helping other people. Um, I, I, I urge you to find a way to, there, there's nothing more fulfilling than taking a great picture, except finding a way to, to take a really great picture and have somebody purchase it. Because at that point of purchase, 
all of a sudden everything starts to make sense, especially when you want to pay your rent, put gas in your car, take your girlfriend out for a meal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and photography is not an inexpensive passion. It's not an inexpensive hobby. And it really does work in, in it, it really can be without having to, you're not, when you, any artist, I don't care if you're a portrait artist or you're a street painter or you're a photographer or you're a musician, people find value in art and they want to invest or pay for it. And when that begins to happen, our focus becomes much more clear and our path becomes much more direct. So uh, with the photographers that are listening in, I would say the following uh, if you like what you're hearing on this episode, please leave a comment on the Visual website or on Apple Podcasts. And and let's give a shout out to Alex. I am certainly willing to help this young man find a way to get his images to a, uh, a buying public. Uh, and sometimes, Alex, it's just how we present our product and to whom that positions us better to get hired to do the things that we all already love to do and we're willing to do for free. So let me say that again slowly. There is a very unique opportunity that comes along when you position your work into a way that people will want to purchase your work for money. And then you get to go out and do the things you like to do and still get paid for them. So if you're taking notes, and I'm sure you are, that was a key point. Yeah, so I hope you paid attention to that because I've known Jack for almost a decade and he's been holding that in front of me like a carrot in front of a horse. <laughs> and I, I don't even know. It's like Scientology. I feel like I have to like buy into this to get to the next level. Well, Jack, and then, and then, out on me, and then Sean, on that same token, I would say to you, to the listening audience, I want you to go to visualwild.com slash relationships and download our little guide on how to build relationships in the photography business. And that's where all this comes from. Sean, it's why I'm reaching out to you. It's Alex, why we want to bring you aboard is because if you don't find a way to turn your passion into some sort of profit, then you're passion is simply going to fade into the dark. And as my good friend, Doug Sandler from Turnkey Podcast that taught me how to do this podcasting business said to me yesterday in the most uncanny way, he said, let me help brighten up your dark room. You know, Sean, when I hear you talking about shooting film this weekend, it, it is so inspiring to me because uh, a couple of weeks ago I was listening to, um, to the Boca podcast, uh, Nathan Holwitz uh, is the is the host of the Boca podcast, and um, and episode four twenty one is a really good episode on uh, with um, Casey uh, Lostetter and dynamic woman, and she has this really great story about how she uses film photography to save time. I know. Completely wacky concept, but I, I really thought I was going to be bored with the episode in 10 minutes, and it really sucked me in for the whole 45 or 50-minute episode. And it was a really great story about how uh, she became a much more critical photographer as a film photographer, and she actually sold her digital cameras. So uh, just an interesting thing about film to the digital photographers in the visual Wild community that are listening, don't give up on film. It's very therapeutic. Uh, it will always make you a better digital photographer. And uh, just something to think about. Uh, film is not completely dead. It's just uh, on a long-term hiatus. So, Alex, let me ask you. It seems like you are not just marginally self-taught. And that's a, that's a compliment, by the way, not a criticism. When you go out on a job, or when you go out on a night when you just want to go out and take pictures, 
and and you get back home and you put the pictures on your computer and they don't quite come out right. What, what is your methodology to fixing what, you know, doing better the next time or, or how much do you beat up on yourself? What, what exactly happens in you when you get back and you're looking at your pictures, good, bad, or, or indifferent? What happens? Well, first of all, I think I'm highly, highly critical of my own photos, even even the ones that I've like posted on my Instagram that I look back at, I'm constantly critiquing my own work. And I think to a fault sometimes, but when I go out and shoot photos and come home, the majority of the photos I take, I never post, I delete, or I, I just save for every like good photo. I think I've taken, I probably have a hundred or 200 photos that I'm just not thrilled with, not confident with. So yeah. So Alex, just to kind of give you a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than twice your age and I'm not sure why I say that publicly, but I am. And um, I just want to tell you that it's in our DNA as photographers to be overly critical of ourselves. When you lose that, you should probably become a plumber or electrician or, or something else. Cause we, as photographers, we only want to give the best and we really are overly critical to ourselves. Sean, how about you? When you go out and shoot and you, and you, uh, you don't quite nail it the way you think to you, what's your methodology? Uh, well, I think the original question was, do you, how often do you show other people the back of your camera? And my answer is never, I covet it. I don't show anybody. It's like, it's like my best kept secret. Um, Cause I don't want, I call it train spotting. I don't want people to train spot something I've done or whatever. Um, unless it's the artist and it's like after in the green room or something along those lines where it's like, they need, maybe they're having like a bad set. If, if it's like an artist or something, or if it's a model or something that where they're having maybe like a bad day, then I show it to kind of like, just show like, no, we we achieved what we were hoping to do. But other than that, I covered it. So let me give you guys a pearl of wisdom. Don't ever show somebody the back of your camera. Um, don't, don't ever do it. And the reason is whether your camera is $1,500 or $700 or $5,000, the LCD screen on the back of your camera is about $11 of the whole process. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is pulling a, a lightning fast image off the embedded JPEG right. in whatever format you're shooting. And the problem is it's, it's inch and a half by two inches and it always looks great until you put it on a computer and you look at it on a 20 or 30 inch monitor, and all of a sudden you find out, Oh my goodness, my shutter speed was too slow and I've got motion or there's a ghost image or it's slightly out of focus or a half an eye was closed and I didn't see on the camera. And especially when you're in the people world, not so much when you're in the landscape world, but when you're doing people and you show somebody the picture and you get them all excited, Oh my God, look at this great picture I took of you. And then their eyes are, 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 uh, are closed or half closed, or there's a, uh, some kind of a, a, a myth in the picture, it, it will come back and haunt you. And I'm going to, I'm going to just turn to the listening audience and say, folks, if you go to visualwild.com forward slash portraits, you can download my guide on five key things to remember about taking a good portrait. And one of the first things on there is do not show somebody the back of your camera. So be it, uh, be it uh, again, visualwild.com forward slash portraits, plural. Um, it's a free download guide. But anyway, I digress. Um, which is why I love shooting film real quick, which yeah. is what I did on Sunday. Because yeah. you can't show it. And it's like, and then you get it back. And it's like that trepidation of like, uh, like a kid on Christmas morning where you're like, what did I get? Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, but it's also, it can bite you in the ass because you don't know what you got and you don't know how to perfect stuff on the fly. Uh, but that's that's the happy accidents. And, and also attest to knowing 
getting back to the forefront of our conversation, like shutter speed and F-stop and ISO. But, um, you know, whatever, that it still comes later. But, you know, don't crawl before you walk. Crawl before you walk. You know what I mean? So I, I completely agree. Um, let's talk about social media. So, Alex, tell me how you measure your success when it comes to your Instagram posts. I am very envious of the nearly 4,000 followers and the 2,500 uh, posts that you've done. Um, tell me how you measure your success. Um, one thing I try not to do is dive too deep into comparing myself to others because a lot of people on Instagram have obviously a ton more followers. They have a lot more likes, etc. To measure my success specifically is hard, but I, I can always tell when I am posting photos that that get more attention. And it, it does surprise me sometimes. Uh, I'll have a photo that I think is just beautiful. It's, it's a great photo. I'm, I'm excited to post it and it doesn't get much love on Instagram. And then a photo that I might not be so happy about, I post and pe- people, people love it. I do have, I'd say a group of 10 to 20 people on Instagram that we all seem to comment on each other's photos and give back critique. And I think I'm blessed because Los Angeles seems to have a great community of photographers that, you know, there's lots of little Instagram pages that are specifically Los Angeles cityscape photography pages and everybody shares their photos. And I just, I'm so grateful to be in Los Angeles, not only because there's what seems like endless places to take great shots, but also just, I mean, this could also be a bad thing sometimes, but there's just a saturation of, of photographers here that, and I, I, feel like I've just happened to find a great group of them here in Los Angeles. So, so what the other cityscape photographers do not understand about you and about the visual Out podcast is once they uh, find out that you were on the visual Out podcast with Johnny cameras, the chances are they're all going to be asking for autographs and lining up to find out how you became such a super special guy and, uh, and got your name in lights. I would actually be looking forward to, like if you have an appointment in the morning, leave an extra half an hour because the paparazzi outside might be really dogging you for pictures and interviews uh, because of your overnight success, uh, additional success uh, after being on the Visual podcast. I may have just completely made that whole part up, but I just want you to understand that we still think you're a rock star regardless of the other landscape photographers in LA. Thank you. You're very Can't welcome, confirm. sir. And Sean, tell me, when you are critical about yourself, what's your what's your methodology? How do you, you know, me- measure the Instagram bar, if you will? Oh, man. I think if you remember from our podcast, it's, you know, if what I admire about Alex, let's talk about Alex real quick. What I admire about Alex is he seems to be in that demographic that really understands how to use social media for leverage. And somebody who's kind of in the gray area of demographic, I had in my opinion, zero success of any sort of vertical growth in my, in what I do. I've tried, I feel like everything, like I said in my last episode about trying to understand the algorithm, how to post, when to post hashtags, going to certain groups, commenting, liking, whatever. And I just cannot seem to get ahead. But with Alex, what I admire about him besides obviously his, you know, visual composition aesthetic and his extremely fast growth is also the way he's, his ability to, constantly get reposted and receive validation that I would love trickle down, you know, to me and my, and my images, because there's a lot of stuff that I post, just like what Alex said, that I think is a really, really, really great photo, but it only gets, you know, 
X amount of likes. And, and I think it's well-deserved to get a lot more. And when I meet people or I see people and they see the photos and they connect, you know, me with the image, they tell me how amazing, you know, I am to kind of boast my ego, which is really, really nice. But, you know, I fall into the victim track of, of comparing myself to other people. And of course, with other likes and other uh, Instagram followers, especially out here in Los Angeles, especially in the apartment building I live in, which is nothing but influencers and kids that drive Bentley trucks and McLarens that are, you know, almost half my age now. So it's hard to feel good about what I do and want to continue what I do. And, but also where do I change? You know, I'm trying to evolve. I'm trying to be Darwinian about this and, and evolve, but I can't seem to figure out what works. And I keep going down these cul-de-sacs that go nowhere. And that's one of the things I really admire about Alex and try not to get hung up on is the death by comparison, which leads me usually to posting and ghosting the old post and ghost. So I don't spend an hour a day siphoning through other people's photos and videos and then feeling like I don't have a conversation creatively to say anymore. Well, I have an idea. Uh, and actually, uh, Monica and I have been talking about this uh, in the visual podcast uh, war room of how we continue to develop our podcast on our website. <laughs> and um, we would like to start getting involved with uh, a little pay it forward, like we've talked about earlier in the podcast. Um, look, we have an immense amount of education and knowledge in our head, and we have a lot to offer a lot of photographers. And there's two categories that we would like to add to the Visual website in the coming 30 days. Um, and what those are is one is going to be a portfolio review portal. And it will be a place where um, I, there's sort of a, a governing board or a, a, a mastermind set of professional photographers that are being pulled together for Visual Wow. But it'll be a place where our guests can present portfolio material and literally just put it for critique by the masters who are coming on the Visual Wow podcast mm. uh, and, and give you some portfolio feedback. Now, since art galleries uh, are basically non-existent and everything is in the virtual world, uh, I think this might give guys like both of you, Alex, you and Sean, uh, a place to show your um, your images and get some critique from other photographers. That's issue number one. The other thought that's been on the table right now, and I think will probably come before the portfolio review, is a stock photography gallery for artwork for sale. Uh, a place where our guests from Visual Wow can put their images, their best of the best, uh, and we will help broker them for you uh, in the stock world or in the art world. So somebody can buy a digital image or they can buy it for publication or they can buy it framed uh, and, uh, and mounted on their wall. Uh, if we put something like that together, Alex, a vehicle for you to A, uh, get your pictures reviewed or your portfolio reviewed by pros or, and or B, a place for you to sell your images online uh, to kind of put yourself up of a bar to, to know how high you should reach. Uh, do, do either of those things, are, are they attractive to you? Do, do you like those ideas? I love both of those ideas. Uh, and Sean, what do you think about that? Um, we're kind of, kind of just winging it here. I think it's amazing. I mean, I, I feel I've done so much personally, like in 20 plus years of shooting video, photography, editing, producing, directing, whatever. Like I've always tried to align myself with people that are better than me and smarter than me and, um, and more influential than me. And, I still feel like I'm, I'm 
you know, one conversation, one photo, one video, one interaction away from kind of <clears throat> breaking the mold. And, you know, maybe that this is that mold. So I, I I'm, I'm not, I don't have enough hubris or ego to, to not ask for help. I need help. I want help. I want to be with smarter people, more ingrained people in this industry. And I will gladly accept any help I can get, even though you're going to damage my ego and my favorite photos. I, am, I would never damage your ego. That's against my religion. <laughs> Just to add to that a little bit, I, and to piggyback on the whole social media thing, on, on Instagram, I, I get either good feedback or I don't get feedback. So hearing some, some critique from some professionals would be great for me because I maybe I don't get a lot of likes or comments on a photo or something, but I don't know why it's not a good photo coming from someone that might be a professional, you know? Well, I can give you one piece of advice. Whenever you have a gorgeous landscape and it gets no feedback uh, from your Instagram lovers, um, take a silhouette of a dog or a cute little kid and like just superimpose it in the lower left-hand corner and watch what happens because every good picture has a cute dog in it or a cute kid in it. The funniest thing is about what Jack just said too, that, (laughs) Whether it be a hot girl or a you know a, a, a cute dog, my most liked photos are photos of myself, which I find very very strange. And no, but it's because I go out there and I like all your photos of just you because I just like looking at you. I'm going to put you on blast. You don't like any of my photos, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually not true. But anyway, oh. I digress. So listen. So uh, you heard it here first. We're going to set up a portfolio review on visualwild.com. We're going to set up a stock module on visualwild.com to help uh, mentor young photographers or younger photographers uh, and helping you guys uh, really understand how to take your love and your passion of photography and actually make a business out of it. Uh, And so you can uh, not just uh, support yourselves, but support your hobby and make it a profession. Uh, Gentlemen, that's it for me. I, uh, I have really enjoyed this conversation. Alex, you have been an absolute pleasure to, uh, to interview, and I hope we can call on you again. Uh, I promise that once we get the portfolio review site set up, uh, you'll be the second person to know about it. And uh, wait, and one more call. Sean, you got something else to jump in there with? I wouldn't mind like one or two more sound bites from Alex real quick, because he's uh, very good on brevity. Um, I'd love to know, what is your favorite location that you've shot or continue to shoot and what is on your Los Angeles or Southern California bucket list that you want to shoot that you haven't? My favorite place to shoot in Los Angeles would be East Los Angeles because the sun sets in the West. So it sets um, on the opposite side of the city. And as for my bucket list, it might not be Southern California, but I am headed up to Yellowstone next month. So I'm excited to bring my camera and try to get some just for the record, you, you know, all the stones up there are not yellow. You know that, right? And now I do. Yeah, you go. Um, listen, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not the sharpest. I'm not the smartest, but I am a pretty good guy when it comes to lighting. You got to explain that since the sun sets in the West, you want to go to the East side of LA. Tell me what that means to you. Are you talking about the texture of the light or the way the Western light hits a um, a west-facing building on the on the east side of the city. What did you mean by that? Because it really perplexed me. Well, my favorite time to shoot like a cityscape shot of Los Angeles is just after the sun dips 
under the horizon when the city lights come on and the the sky has that glow to it. And I like to do a, a longer exposure type of shot to kind of suck some light out of the sky and have that beautiful sunset, but also have the city lights coming on. I, that's just my favorite type of shot that I've been doing lately. So are you going for that cobalt blue sky? Is that what your objective is? A mixture between that with just a little bit of the sun glow still coming up over the horizon, if that makes sense. So in between golden hour and cobalt blue hour. So the flash. So Alex, let me ask you a question. Do you uh, ever shoot with off camera flash or are you strictly a natural light kind of a guy? Strictly so far, a natural light kind of guy. So, um, okay. In our next lesson, I'm going to teach you how to do some very simple one light flash photography, uh, that you can really do some really cool stuff at dusk, uh, when you're shooting your landscapes, but we'll leave that for another episode. Uh, gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure. Sean, thank you so much for bringing Alex on the show. I look forward to more of our guests when we can do this together. Alex, I hope this was a great experience for you. Uh, I hope we've given you some notoriety and I hope you can fend off all the paparazzi that should be in your house in, a, in front of your house in a few days. It was an honor to be here. Thank you, Jack and Sean. And, and listen, Alex, I think you, um, I hope when the episode uh, goes live, I hope you can share it with your fellow LA landscapers and maybe we can do a round table discussion one night about um, different people's attitude, get some of your friends together. Maybe we could do a, a round table discussion about, uh, about shooting in LA and, and landscapes around Southern California. I would love to. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you so very, very much. Hey, visual Wild community. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, I want you to uh, just to kind of go back to earlier in the show, visualwild.com slash portraits. Uh, Jack's little free download guide on, uh, on portrait photography and to the rest, I'm Jack Hartsman, your host. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.